0: The world is your oyster. It's up to us on how we actually step forward, believe in ourselves and believe in those around us. So how do we do that? It's our self-awareness. It's actually being able to care for those that we know and love and those that we don't know yet. A little bit of care, a little bit of love will all help us. Globally, I think we're absolutely magnificent, so let's share that magnificence with each other.
1: Try this bag out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders, different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation.
2: We're just having a conversation here that we're letting the world in on because I think You know, one of the things that I think in leadership right now is this need for conversations to happen. Mm. And one of the things that I'm doing is having conversations every day with someone different so we can look through different lenses. And the lens we're using this month is really what I'm writing a white paper around, which is what I think is the need for a new approach to leadership. So Mm. if I bring that up a few times in our conversation, That's why, because I want to bring back to how can we or what does this look like? And and so depending where we go and what comes out of our conversation. So I'm looking forward to this. When I say something like this need for a new approach to leadership, what does that bring up for you?
0: Brings up heart. So for me, it's leadership that is human-centered or heart-centered, and it's a real care and respect for people, because there's a whole lot of leaders who don't give a brass razzoo. that's an Aussie Mm -hmm. saying, brass (laughs) around people that they lead. They see them as tools or minions, and they take accolades for themselves. We have had some world leaders in the last two years who are doing just that. And we've also, what the great thing is, We've also had the tip of the scale. We've actually had the reverse of that. And we've got world leaders who are bloody brilliant Yeah, at, at empathy, at empathetic leadership, emotionally intelligent or relational leadership. So that's what it brings up for me.
2: So here's the thing about that. I love that at Leaders with Empathy. Tell me, what does that look like? Let's go down there.
0: Well, Leaders with Empathy, these are leaders who really have thought about what their purpose of being a leader is. Is it all about them, number one, or is it actually about those that they lead and empowering them, encouraging them, giving them opportunity to really shine, to use their gifts and talents to be stretched in different ways. But it's not all about the I. It's actually empathetic leadership is about we. And that's the core. Now, I've got some training in emotional intelligence through Genos International. Ben Palmer is the CEO of Genos. And I've done that for a number of years now. And you know what, Kiri Maria, I really wish that when I was a young mum, I actually had some of the skills that I now have. And it would have made, it would have, I think it would have made a difference now. I talk to the kids, of course, and they're all grown ups now with children of their own. And they just go, well, mum, you know what? We didn't have a bad childhood. No. I said, I said, when I look back on some of the things, I think, yeah, I probably was about I am the mother, I am the parent here, and you're going to do what I say. I know best. And that's really a snapshot of what some of the leaders that we have been used to or we've come yeah. to know their behaviour. So. Empathetic leadership is about knowing your behaviours, how you show up with those that you work with, those with you lead. You're on the factory floor with them. You're in the middle with them. You step out and you lead and take them forward when you need it. So it's a bit of a dance that you have to take, but it has to be human-centred, heart-centred, and it has to be all about others, not just you. Beautiful. Tell me how you've done this. It's interesting, you know, I've got a real passion for taking people away for an experience or a new space in which to think about their leadership and their purpose. And when I say leadership, I'm saying all of us have the capacity to lead in, and there's no, there should be no competition about this. For me, it's if I want to lead my family in a particular way, that's, my, that's the best thing I can do. If I get an opportunity in the work that I do in a leadership role, well, that's what I do. If I deliberately look for new challenges and, you know, what we call climbing the ladder, well, then that's fine too. It's, it's how we actually go about doing that. And so I think the opportunities are there for all of us to pick up, take a step forward, or we often use that analogy of the butterfly, you know, flapping your wings. If we all just flapped a little bit and just touched some magic on those that we're around, Then that takes us forward. And I think at the moment, that's what the world needs. And that's what we're connecting with. And that's why a pandemic that we've just been through Mm
2: -hmm. is actually a
0: great teacher if we're able to listen to what it's telling us. So, what's it telling you? (laughs) It's telling me that we are connected probably more than we realise, that we have an opportunity to connect for a good purpose. And that purpose is our future. It's our future generations. So I'll bring it back to that family analogy where, you know, that African proverb, you know, the whole village educates the family. Well, this yeah. is what the globe needs. We need to educate for the future. And so the, for me, leadership is around that. And it's telling me that, Carrie, you can do a small bit. And so if you're yeah. willing, Carrie Murray, I'd love to tell you what I have done and what we've just launched. And I think that's bodily. what I've done. So these spaces that I talk about, I really, you know, we could call them a retreat or an immersion, right? And you can do them in your own home. You don't actually yes, have to yes. leave bodily to do this. We can do mindfulness ones. We can do a whole lot of exploratory ones. We can join different things. Now, I'm very used to taking people away. Say I took a group of educational leaders up to Arnhem Land at mm, 18 months wow. ago, and we lived with Yolna. People up there, absolutely beautiful on their community, their echo community on Ninukai, just outside of, it's the old um, Gome, but way up the top of Australia. So it's just, wow. it's fascinating. It's hot. Mm. It's fascinating. You can't get in the water to cool off because crocodiles. Crocodiles. <laughs> so <do you> <laughs> or I've taken I've taken people over to the Marai on Wahiki Island. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, and we've learned all about Maori culture with um, my very good friend, Dr. Jan Robertson, who I did a lot of work with. I've taken people down the south coast of New South Wales here and we can do a whole lot of work. And it's around our presence. It's around challenging ourselves to look through a different lens. It's using some self-coaching work. It's using some impetus, whether it's emotional intelligence-based, whether it's mindfulness, and we use some really great spiritual direction it doesn't, I don't think it matters what it is that you want to explore, but how you use that then to actually look inside yourself for how you go about your business, how you show up each day. Yeah. So that's a long-winded way of saying we've just launched, I think, a fairly unique virtual global program. We're going to be visiting eight countries in eight sessions, and we have 24 presenters. Now, in each one of those sessions, We've got someone who's going to talk to us about the culture of that country and how that has impacted on the way people lead in that country. Fantastic. Yeah, we're going to then we have someone who who is a business person and they're, they're quite eclectic businesses. They're not all run-of-the-mill, same, same as. And then the last piece of that is that we have someone from education talking about education. So we've got the trifecta, we've got culture, business, mm-hmm. education, and for me, they all go together and we're talking diversity, inclusion, respect. Every one of these presenters likes people. So that's the magic. Yeah, that's yeah, sort of the secret yeah, sauce yeah. And I've, yeah, it's gonna blow us away. We're starting our first session, we start with Australia. Um, New Zealand's actually in there as well. We go to Kenya, we go to India, we go to Asia, the USA, we go to Ireland, the UK, and New Zealand. I think that's right. So this is our first time. It's a first time run. And 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 thank you. Thank you for letting me go on. No,
2: it's so good. And I love hearing things like this because, you know, that's why we're having these conversations, because there needs to be more conversations. There needs to be more conversations with different, I call it not diversity at the table, I call it distinctions at the table, because one of the things that I believe for the need for a new approach to leadership Is that we are now seeing humanity as stakeholders at the table. And part of that being humanity as stakeholders is that we see humanity first and we bring our distinctions to the table. We need people Mm -hmm. with many different distinctions coming to the table so that we can get these and work through different lenses to change what has maybe been the way leadership has happened across the world and to see it through different. Lenses, start asking different questions and then taking and owning what that is from that table to what change you can bring. So for me, I love Mm. hearing when someone else is, you know, taking what they've got in their hands and going, this is how we're getting a different conversation out, a different thinking. You know, part of what I was doing before COVID hit was I was what they called a nomadic CEO, literally taking my family on the road. And one of the joys and fascinations of what I got to do was really get the insides of monk's culture and yeah. moving through many different lands. Although I've lived here in Australia, like yesterday on Australia Day, I actually arrived 25 years earlier to this country. So okay. I have been here for a long time now. And I had an interesting conversation, and I said there on that, you know, it's funny because I was born in New Zealand, but honestly, if I go back there, they go, where are you from? And (laughs) here in Australia, because I was born in New Zealand, not some other country, I am always a stranger in Australia. It is so bizarre, but it's so true. So I actually really relate across the globe. And I really relate because I've got to love and be accepted and be involved in many different cultures. And from that, of course, gain many insights. And I think, you know, when you're able to have conversations with people who think differently, who maybe have a different insight to you, there is so much knowledge you can gain and development in how you can progress forward. So for me, when I hear what you're saying, I go, that's so awesome, amazing that someone else is doing something that is getting that and being moving things forward. So kudos to you, and I truly mean that. Sorry, yes, you were
0: going to say? I was, I was going to say, as you were talking, I'm going, you are a global citizen. And yeah, that's, yes. I remember many, many years ago meeting a lady who said to me, Oh we are uh, where you know my husband's a diplomat and we've lived our children have lived in many many countries around the world yeah. you know it's not uncommon to to pack up and go to the next place and blah 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 anyway the conversation extended and a bit more and I was a bit curious I thought oh this is mm. this is a concept you know I I hadn't entertained but I I knew that I loved part of it is that I I just want to meet everybody in the world basically that's what well, that's there's what amazing am. humans out there a oh, huge huge amount. And she said to me, she said, oh, we don't have any furniture. She said, the most precious yeah. thing that we have is our computer. And I, was, I went, whoa. Now, this was a long time ago. This is two, mm-hmm. maybe three decades, oh, two and a half decades ago. And I, it was a totally new And I went, right. Oh. She really made me think. And she said, no, the computer is our lifeline. We talk to yeah. everybody yeah. around the world, all the people that we've met in all the countries that we've been. And for me, she was sort of the first global citizen. I think I had even given any thought and reflected on what their life would be like. And so you just took me back there. It was a great thing. But, you know, when I contacted people to say, I've got this great idea, this big idea, it's been turning over in my stomach during sort of the second half of 2020, when I'm going, I have to be able to do these immersions virtually. So how are you going to do it, Carrie? Anyone I rang or talk to, connected with, through people and then by through my own contacts. I only had two people knock me back to say, if I did this, Carrie, I'd have to be paid. Everybody else, so I said to them, look, brand new, this is what yes, we're doing. Yes. With. And I haven't quite worked out the fee structure there. I'm a learner. I'm, I've left a big organisation after 24 years. I'm brand new at this too, so I'm learning. Anyway, we've got that structure underway. That's one of the big learnings. We're doing that. But I was blown away by people saying, I want in. I want in. I've just met you. I've met you or I've met you through so-and-so. No, I want in. This is bloody fantastic. And we want to do this. And I only had two say, oh, no, if I did it, I'd have to be paid straight up front. Now That's now altered. But I was stunned and people who say I think oh, no. I think that there's
2: this and this is part of that need for a new approach that there is a want there is a need to have hmm. something different and the only way we're going to do that is if we join and I talk about collaboration it's part of hmm. what our mission for our company is to actually show a great role model of how collaborative partnerships can actually thrive because i don't believe that there's great role models of that there's pockets of that but for that to be very very successful we are working very hard on how to grow that and really show how collaborative is much more powerful than individual in this way, because that's part of the change. The part of the change is when we can not be these lone islands, individual islands, trying to do this, but together joining, because I don't know about you, but I have seen through my work of global work that the division is is on the increase. There is huge parts. There's not What I'm not saying is that it's all about division and things are all breaking because like we've got pockets like you're just talking about today. But there is definite challenges across the globe, whether it's economically, whether it's environmentally, whether it's socially, that is creating a gap right now that is bringing division. And one of the ways to narrow that gap, I believe, is when we can collaborate, join forces To actually be a bigger voice and bring a bigger impact. Any thoughts oh, around that?
0: Absolutely. That's. I mean, there are a number of the people that I've know. You know, sort of, you just can just see the rug being pulled out from under their feet during last year. So economically, what? Yes, everyone. Not all countries are able to support their populations like we've had in Australia, and there will be a time now where that has to be new decisions made on how much and how are we going to go forward. So for us, I think for us all to step forward and say, hey, here's a collaboration coming from what I call the grassroots, coming from us, let's reach out to each other, because that's exactly what I said to people. I said, this is an opportunity for us to do something together, that the momentum that we can provide, the support that we can provide each other, there's going to be amazing relationship that will continue to be built and new ones built. You know, it's not all about the dollar. It's about sharing our intellectual property with some empathy for each other going, yeah, I've got a good idea. I can share that with you or, of course, you can take that on because I find most people, if they are authentic, will be genuine in the way they behave and treat each other. They will be respectful. So I think some of the silos that we have created They're just, you know, I've got this vision of people with a big mallet going, whack, let's get rid of those silos. When we do that, though, we actually have to have a bit of an idea on how we can build a new structure for that perhaps or a new way of operating. There's a great report out called Reimagining the Future and came out last year and one of the people I had on the Thriving Matters podcast, Eddie Blass from South Australia, she said to me, She's in education and she's put together the inventorium. Great way of looking at education and how we will educate for the future and all those critical thinking skills, the way kids can analyse how they learn to think and how they investigate, how they actually will be showing their learning, which kids are all learning without going to school, you know, using these devices, using their computer, whatever it is. We're all still learning in lots of different ways. If the pandemic showed us anything, we need to actually be grateful for the extent of the IT that we've got access to because it's actually kept us connected. It's kept us looking at each other, even though people might say, I don't like it. I think we're listening better. We're actually tuning into people's body language, their facial expressions. But this particular report talks of, uh, works on scenarios. This is If this happens... This might be our response, but here's what's already happening around the world. And there's been some amazing collaborations, community collaborations that have come out of need, come out of people sharing their gifts and talents, their qualifications or their business or their workplace history, their experience there, and wanting to do something because they really believe it. It's deep within their own value system. So yeah. I think yeah. there's some amazing things that we need to tune into that we don't know about.
2: Yeah, and, and I think that comes around being educated in, in awareness, like creating spaces where we are heightening our awareness to beyond our own lenses that we are using. And I think yeah. this, again, goes back to who are you having at the table? What are you, you know, how are you facilitating that? What does that look like? And then what are you going to own from that at the table Here's an interesting thing. So I think that this is all great in theory. It sounds amazing, right? And, you know, we know that it can be done in pockets. You know, there's a question in here, and I think this is quite a good one. Do you think humanity is ready to be united by the pandemic, or do we lack the leadership for that?
0: Well, that is a great question, actually. It's a great question. Because what we've seen from the pandemic is a whole lot of response a whole lot of intense response around certain issues, big issues that affect populations. If we take, I think it's probably a work in, in progress. I think everything takes time to evolve. I think we're evolving, we're becoming something that we want. And I think the reason we've had some big reactions to huge issues and challenges is because. We're unsettled. It's rubbing up our responses. It's rubbing up against our values, beliefs, and assumptions Mm -hmm. that are now being challenged by different points of view. Also, they're being challenged by the emotional response that people have when they are fearful, when they're scared and afraid. And that's natural. That's a natural response for us. You know, I grew up in a very large family—six eldest of six kids—and really, our life was we learnt customer service through the family business. So we were in the shop when we knew our seven times yeah. table, newsagent. So, and it was all about the customer. Dad always said and was always right. Find a way to be able to. This is this is a family business. You kids have helped me build the business. Yes, but it also gave us some great footings, you know, for relationships. And people aren't easy. All the time, right? Mm, I've noticed Mm, right, we're not easy all the time (laughs) because you know we've all got our own prickles and whatever, but I think the discussion is there. I think this is the time where Mm. anyone we had we're allowed five people yesterday we had for Australia Day, and of course, you know, some of my children said, Mum, we won't be celebrating Australia Mm. Day on this day. We'll go to the march or we'll go to the blah blah blah. And I said, when and they said, Mum, it's all right. When the pandemic's over, we, you know, and I said, it's fine. I said, my legacy for you guys is being, is who would have thought that living either in New Zealand or Australia mm-hmm. has been an incredible gift to us all who are here? Yes, that we, yeah. we've landed here, our bloodlines have landed us here, and mm-hmm. this has been, mm-hmm. you know, the opportunity that we have away from this massive world disaster really so who would have thought that and I said to them what I wanted for you guys was the freedom to think your own thoughts to test your family of origins values to test that make them your own use the education that we gave you don't let you know your one experience influence you all the time but spur you on and that's what they're all doing and I couldn't be prouder we had friends that we've known for years here we have really good conversations and I looked at." the generations, and I just go, wow, that's the legacy we've got. So the conversation we mm-hmm. are talking about is a generational conversation because our young ones have got some really big insights into that. is that really caring for each other? Is that what, you know, inclusion and diversity is all about? And who said what you think yeah, yeah. Is, is the only thing to consider? I think it's a huge question. I think a lot of people are asking themselves, and whether it's fear or whether it's excitement, whether it's curiosity, whether it's this definite urge to get people together, I like to connect people just like you do, kiri Marie. and connections, which are so rich if we use these two things that we've got yes, to these two. You know, and so I- good. You,
2: all those things were amazing, what you were saying there. And you brought out so many, you know, droplets of wisdom there. And interesting enough, what I'm finding, because we're using this lens this month, so much, even though you come from a very different aspect and perspective, a lot of what you're saying is what I've heard so many times. Here's one of the things that I think is interesting. And I really believe that part of this new approach to leadership is evolving. And you've brought that up a few times. And so evolving as a leader means that we're continuously going on a journey to it means that we don't have it all right we don't have all the answers which means that that's great for me because then I have to collaborate with other people because maybe they've got some of the answer I need right now because I've not gone through that or that's not been a part of what I'm learning so I see it as an opportunity for so much possibility but I'm looking through a lens of where I think you know in the future. This is the way of leadership where it's a continuous, evolving leadership. This has not always been the way of leadership. It's not always the style of leadership. And definitely, a lot of leadership I've known, it's been old time telling. It's like, this is the only way you can be a great leader. And these are the three principles to make sure that you can now be a leader or whatever it is, or be the best leader you, are, you can be. And that, to me goes okay we've got two extremes how do we narrow that gap have these conversations create an awareness where this
0: becomes much more of a norm well if you're in a leadership role it's about how you work with listen to any of those skills it's not about the dictatorship that you have because we all have a view of leadership because it's a perception we have from our experience what we've taken in whether it's you know the media that we listen to whether it's who do we gravitate towards you know are we on the right or the left or the center i'd like to think that some of those labels they serve a purpose yes if you know sure. we all like we have language around how we describe things but for me it's the action it's the action mark makogu who i've done some work with in solution focused coaching he wrote a book a number of years ago called The Host Leader, and it's fascinating. He wrote it with Helen Bailey, so I would like to give credit to both of them. It really took my fancy, and I use it as a great metaphor. You know, I, as a family, you have the table, right? You have the table. You sit around the table, so you use the metaphor of the table. So when you're hosting a dinner party, say, or you get on the phone and you say, going to have a barbie, We think we'll have bring your left overnight, right, in those days. Or now you do it via Zoom if you want. But it's still the same premise that the notion or the metaphor of being a host is really significant for me, and especially when we're having conversations about the type of leadership. When you're deciding about who's coming, you actually give some thought to who the guests are. You give thought to, oh, can I invite these two because From what I know of their, say, political views or the way they view the world, they may not get on with somebody else that are involved. So so then you do some planning around, right, so hospitality for me is I'm a great big cook. I'm a home economics teacher. That was my first degree. I'm a great big cook. Give me 100 people. That's easy, right? So we're down to two now at the moment. So that's a little bit more difficult. Give me the people. And one of my things is I'll look after you. I'm a really mm-hmm. good host. That's one of my gifts. And so I will connect people. So I love to, to introduce each other or we find a connection. So all these things, Mark talks about how you initiate, how you engage, mm-hmm. how you where you sit to watch what's happening. Are you always part of the conversation or do you sit back? You know, you in the balcony looking in on it. Do you sit in the kitchen, have a good think mm-hmm. about what's going on? What do you put together? So it's about... To me, it's about sort of the environment or the space that you're creating. And leadership is like that metaphor of being a host. And I, I don't think I've done it justice, but I think it's quite fascinating. So if we're looking for a space to really think about how we are behaving or how we can, how we really believe something, how we test it out, you know, and is it only up to us individually? Well, no, it's also about those that are in the space with us. And who do we invite into that? Yeah. So for leadership, there are so many people, I believe, that don't get a look in in their workplace, in the teams that they belong to or in the jobs that they take because there's a particular perception around what maybe you should look like as a leader, you know, or how you should behave. Yeah. So I think we're testing. I think we're testing that because we've got people, people are now looking at personal brand if we want to use some marketing to not necessarily what you know your organization mission might say. But if they see an organization or a team or a business act or treat people in a particular way, that's a big indicator of what the leadership's like in that or what the culture is like. Totally. I remember one time I just talking
2: about not looking like other people and I there was this time I spoke on a global stage, amazing people. And like I mean phenomenal, it was like the first, you know, woman to fly to space. It was, I actually got to share the stage with a, an amazing guy. I spoke first, then he spoke. He was the co-founder of the NASA Medical Institute. And then they both interviewed both of us. Now I can tell you when I got up to speak and I looked out, There was a very quick scan of the room and I knew one of the elephants in the room was, hmm, I probably don't look like everyone else in this room. And I said that from the start. I said, I probably don't look like anyone else or yourself in this room. And I said, you know what? It's really easy to hang out with people who look like you, who sound like you. But we need to start thinking that maybe there's other ways in which we can learn, other ways we can see life, other ways that we can gain knowledge to be more effective in our leadership. And I said, so I don't look like you. I don't sound like you, probably. And that's a good thing because you've probably never experienced someone like me today. And I pre-framed it like that. And the other thing I did was everyone had all these letters after their name. Now, I could have felt very, then there's Kiri Murray kind of moments, but I didn't. <laughs> it was the most proud moment I got to stand on stage. And it was a turning mm-hmm. point in the way that I saw myself across the globe. And it was because I said, I stand here today and I represent humanity on behalf mm-hmm. of humanity. And it was the most amazing moment for me. And I've got to hang out With amazing global leaders that are former presidents, closed door environments, to being in the dirt, the dust of a village with the kids, to the leaders, to the chief of the village. I do extremes. That's my work. I get to then try and narrow that gap from one extreme, you know, the decisions made at top decision tables across the globe, to then what is actually needed on the front line of humanity. It has not always been something that has been easy for me to go from one to the other because, like you said, there's a communication gap. There's many gaps. There's a gap where those on the front line really need to be heard. One of the things from that exact global space that I spoke from was, and this was the thing that shocked Mm. me. It totally shocked me. So you could have almost thought when I spoke and that guy spoke, I can't remember what his name was. He's an amazing guy. Anyway, the co-founder, when he spoke that we were almost clashing with each other, but actually we weren't. And it was just he was looking from a very academic and very medical-faced thing and innovating Mm -hmm. solutions around that. And I was challenging the fact that there are so many decisions being made in those areas without even having the right Stakeholders at the table to listen, to hear, to become aware, and I was using much experiences that I've had across the world that I'd seen within my work and bringing it to the table. So when I was walking off that stage, he whispered in my ear, and I was like, "Is he going to say something horrible? Is this going to be something good?" And he goes, "Kiri Marie," he said, "I wish you could do the same speech at the you know medical." Institute, NASA Medical Institute, because he said this was the best needs analysis I've ever heard. (laughs) Now, here was the other side of it. On one hand, I was like, wow, that's awesome. I love that. I've made it kind of moment. And then on the other side, I said, but to me, this is just A plus B equals C. We're not even deep diving into all the other things. And part of those other things are things like inclusion you spoke of earlier. When we bring other people, other distinctions to the table, there is a massive division between often what we see, what is really priority for someone else and needs to be heard, and mm. that is not always easy to navigate, and it can be very uncomfortable conversations. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And very yet I think yeah. we're very much at a time and stage where we need to have some of these uncomfortable conversations as an open platform and yet there's a lot of pressure for us to say the right thing, do the right thing, be kosher, not kosher. I don't know. Any
0: insights? Well, it's fascinating. It's actually fascinating. It takes a real challenge to the way you look at the world, how you look at what really is important. If someone said to us, you've got 24 hours to live, you know, how it's a great way of looking at, is this the best way you could have spent your last day on earth? Is this how you want to be? And the other thing is, you know, how do you want to be remembered? It's challenging. The human response to being uncomfortable is the hit that we have on our beliefs, assumptions, and values. That's the biggest, and that's why we either get a huge amygdala hijack, we get the big reaction, the emotional reaction, or we get the withdrawal, or, you know, we get different responses. Or mm. we find that people will gravitate to where they feel safest, what they know and feel sure about. Yeah. Now there's a whole lot of uncertainty going on. This year, 2021 is still going to be a year of disruption. And <laughs> talking about disruption, that's the way I look at it. So how do you keep your aim on what your true beliefs are about the value of humanity when we know that there is big disruption? there's a lot of things that we aren't in control of. So that's one of the challenges, I think, for leaders. What are we in control of? We're in control of our own behaviour, the way that we think or the way we challenge or investigate or stay curious. I love that word curious. And you only have to watch. I've got some grandchildren now and you only have to watch their most amazing imagination. And I'm thinking, oh, what happens? What happens when they go to school? We start to regiment. We start to put them in those silos, in those structures and the imagination, I'm just blown away. I think I was just so busy with my kids and tired probably. Yes, yes. I, I didn't, I'm taking more notice now of the, of the four-year-old's stories and his or her response to something new, right? So mm-hmm. isn't that what we want for all our citizens? We want to <laughs> have curiosity. We still want that all to happen. Yes. <laughs> so the disruption's big. We've got some Spider-Man fans in our, in our family. And I just think, you know, that notion of being able to move from building to building and take, you know, create the web, it reminds me of the nucleus and the electrons spinning around orbiting planets, you know. It's that sort of notion of connection with purpose. Or we don't have to be in charge of everything to be the fat controllers. You know, if you're into Thomas the Tank Engine, you don't have to be the fat controllers over all this. (laughs) But... What we have to be able to do is look in, into our own hearts, and that's why I'm big on, on the human-centred yeah. stuff. People often aren't noticed in a team workplace. It could be the bus driver. It could be the train driver. It could be somebody, you know, it could be the lass that makes your coffee at the cafe when you pick it up, right? How often does somebody say, How, how's your day been? I actually do it and all the time. Know, I'm really yeah, it's it's You and I both, and or you remember one little thing. That could be... The one thing that stops them doing something to themselves that day, we could be the one person that says hello and, recogn- or, you know, acknowledges them. Isn't that what we want for everyone in the world? People yeah. are lonely. You don't have to be, you can be alone, but you don't have to be lonely. So you know, individually true. what you do, you know, what you do for yourself is important and then what, how aware you are of others. And I think that fits quite nicely into Spider-Man's webs.
2: <laughs> it does,
0: very much <laughs> so. <After> that, right? <laughs> Never talked about
2: Spider-Man on here, but there's always a first it. Hey, well, uh, a great question in here that I do want to bring to our attention because I think it follows through from what you've just said. I'd love your thoughts, given your involvement with the Indigenous cultures on how we as leaders can handle the sensitive issue of recognition of our First Nations, especially with the Deuce agreements taking place around Australia Day?
0: Well, it's deeper, isn't it? I listened to the Miriam speak. She received the Senior Australian of the Year Award. One of the, and and I've been listening to the storylines and to the heritage, opening up my awareness, I have to admit to you, when I went to Arnhem Land, it was a huge experience. And even, there I go, even as I talk, And I have a memory of that time. The hairs on my arms stand up, right? So I know it's reaching my heart. Now, one of the girls, Japati, who is one of the Yolna illness, she's part of our global program and she will open the Australian segment for us. You know, Japati says to us, it is welcome to our land. It is yours and my land. Mm -hmm. And she says, One of the things she said, I have now stepped into my leadership as I have listened to my elders, I have listened over many years and I know that we can make the ancient culture and the Western culture, we should be together. We can use it to benefit both of us. It is time, I I do believe, that we actually tune up these and we, we actually do make some new decisions around how we celebrate I don't think there's any untoward intent in a lot of people these days I think we all we're a multicultural country a multinational we all have a heritage you know from countries around the world and there are many countries like us who have a strength in the cultural background as well as the indigenous or the first people yes it was the way of the world to, you know, colonise. That was Mm -hmm. the way, that was the view of the world, right? Our view now has shifted. So how do we actually make it more equitable? How do we honour the lines go before us? I don't have all the answers, but I do know that for me personally, my Mm self-awareness and my learning is important in this. So If we can do that for all of our citizens, if we can be more interested in each other and our our lines, we all have a good story. We all can relate to hardship, to tragedy, to challenge, to striving above adversity. We all relate to that because that's the humanness that we have. So I don't really have the answers I don't believe, but I believe together In the listening, we have the answers. I don't know if that's helpful or not. (laughs) No, but
2: see, this this is just real. This is just raw. This is what it's about, that maybe we don't all have the answers right now. I mean, it's such a huge question. There's so much to bring into it. There's always, and this is the thing, right? Like with a lot of these questions, but we're asking questions right now. We're bringing awareness to it and we've got to begin with asking these questions and then bringing it into these safe places where it is okay to ask that and maybe not have the answers, but to listen to what you're saying, to listen to what I have to say, listen to whoever else is at that table. And maybe together, there might be a piece in that. And I always go, well, what's the one thing you're going to kind of take from that, that you're going to put into place as an individual and then bring within the culture and the community that you're building and then of course this shifts some of these global issues because sometimes it's so big that we go oh I just don't even want to know anything
0: about it we just I just don't want to even go there it's just too hard right enormous enormous look one of the things I would say is that every First Nations and Indigenous peoples around the world we all have similar problems that we are all looking to Solve or attend to or support. So the humanness of us means Mm. that there's sexual, like if we look at big issues that people are really look at. We're looking at domestic violence, sexual abuse, dependencies on and addictions, right? Unemployment. If we look at the bigger, the bigger issues, lack of access
2: to education that others
0: may have. Mm -hmm. They're not just for a certain. Group, no. they're not just our indigenous person, and they are worried about those issues for their people as well. Yeah, so perhaps we're looking at it through the wrong lens.
2: I think so, and yeah. I think what if we then now we're looking through that lens, then let's give yeah. a voice at the table. Yep, yeah. so that. Yeah whether it's indigenous, whether it's mental health, whether it's special needs, whether it's the youth, whether it's more female thinking at the table, whatever it is. But first we come as humans, then we bring our distinctions at that table and we begin a conversation. And it's funny because, you know, I always talk about you have a curiosity conversation, (laughs) right? And so that's what we need to start doing. But I think Then there's this skill of how you are going to facilitate that so that there is some ownership from that conversation, not judgment, not your yes or wrong, because there is no yes or wrong, because it depends what your lens you come with. But it is a, what are we going to own at this table? And then the next piece is what change and make sure, damn, make sure that it's a sustainable solution that we're bringing. Because it affects not just our generation, but the generations and the generations and the generations to come.
0: We we may never see. We may never see the result, but you know. And look, I'm going to say to you, I've called my family, all my kids, the licorice all sorts. But now (laughs) I I look at it, yeah. Now I look at it, and the world is all of licorice all sorts. We are, and that's the magnificent. That's that's why we love. We love learning about a different culture, the the traditions that wrapped up in the way you host your your families, how you, you eat, how what colors involved, what you know what traditional aspects of your culture that are sort of non-negotiable really, how we now blend, I'll tell you, a friend of mine was married on uh, the weekend. Oh, and wow. in the ceremony, they had Greek background, they had some Greek traditional parts of the ceremony, Jewish, Lebanese, Mm. they had the works. And I'm going, where else can you get an appreciation of culture? And that's what we have to do. We look at new life and we look at, yes, how do we nurture that new life? How does the village actually do that for each other? And not be scared of doing it for each other. And we're not going to know all the answers. And if we fail, that's part of the learning. So hopefully...
1: Mm -hmm. we don't fail
0: fail on the big on the really big things but we're having a go and I think that's what we're all doing in our own ways we can't do it we have a red hot shot
2: (laughs) shot. shot. that's so cool so if people want to know more about what you do how do they connect with you
0: oh pretty easy for a girl that didn't like having a photo taken she's now got plenty (laughs) around (laughs) so I have um Easy, easy to find, Carrie benedett C-A-R-R-I-E-B-N-E-D-E-T. There's a website, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, all that sort of stuff. I'm on LinkedIn. I was christened Caroline, mm. and I never got Caroline unless I was in severe trouble, right? And <laughs> Caroline? So I was always Carrie. Mm. So you are going to remember me because now I'm going to say to you, carry a bag. You won't forget that one. So. Fantastic. Take me with you. I'd love to come. That's It's a bag. It's sort of a metaphor. Let's travel That's the so globe. so good. I love and the
2: that. Latest,
0: <laughs> and the latest a big initiative that we have is under Global Leaders Thrive Program. And you'll find a humding of a website. And we've got all the sessions up there. So come and have a look That's what amazing. we're going to be doing. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.
2: (laughs) No, it's amazing. So I ask everyone before we end up this broadcast, this question, and it's this. What are you taking from our conversation today? What's an insight or a learning or maybe it's a confirming something that you've already been thinking about? What is it that you're taking from today's conversation?
0: I've been thinking about the work, our work, that Mm -hmm. a lot of us get kudos from, has altered and it's now going to be based in partnerships, partnerships, you know, working with people, the collaborative partnerships and the connections. The other thing I've been thinking about is really that saying the world is your oyster. It's up to us on how we actually step forward, believe in ourselves and believe in those around us. So how do we do that? It's our self-awareness. It's actually being able to care for those that we know and love and those that we don't know yet. A little Mm. bit of care, a little bit of love will all help us. Globally, I think we're absolutely magnificent. So let's share that magnificence with each other.
2: Yeah. What I'm taking from our, that was beautiful. What I'm taking from our conversation today is you reminded me of something I used to say a lot about, and that is that tribe builds culture. And I think Let's continue to make sure that we're inviting all of the distinctions that need to be at the table. And yeah. really, it's around that first piece of just getting that conversation happening. So I'm loving that piece. The other piece I really loved was just listening to how you're facilitating and bringing, you know, the global leaders together to bring some insights around you know, the work that you've been mentioning and talking about throughout this conversation. And I just think it's so nice. Honestly, it's so nice to hear (laughs) here in Australia, someone doing and thinking so globally because it has been one of the difficulties that I found was in Australia, I would have conversations and they would go, what are you talking about? (laughs) But to have this conversation today, with someone who is on the side of the the ditch, if you like to say, the water, whatever, to understand that although we do work locally, although we are part of a community, we are also part of the global leadership landscape. And I think for me, it's just been beautiful to be able to have a conversation with someone who can understand the importance that humans mean not humans that just look like us, sound like us, and have to act like us. So thank you so much for bringing that to the table today. Thank you for being an amazing leader. Obviously, you are great at connecting with people, and so you're bringing some just truly awesome leaders together to start creating more and more, hopefully, impact that is going to have a domino effect not just with you and your community, but the wider community. And I'm always grateful and thankful to have people who have a conversation with someone like you that is doing great work. So keep that up and I'm looking forward to learning more about you.
0: Oh, and I totally appreciate the invitation and the opportunity because it's about us and it's about we, not the I, like we can all have a go. I just think... You know, I get one shot at this life and I could have, I do, like we can all look back and go, I regret. But you know what? Those regrets give you learnings. So how about we just flip it up and go, I am grateful. I hear the birds every morning. We're breathing. We are in a pretty good place compared to yeah. other places around the world. And I think sometimes we forget that. We get a little bit, what do you say, get over yourself. I think <laughs> like the, the first world-itis. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm just going, really? Okay. So if you could hear if you, you know, you listen to some of the absolute sad stories of whole families being wiped out by a pandemic, you know, our crossing the border here is minimal compared to that. Mm-hmm. We now have a world in grief grief, huge change. Grieving. So with grieving comes, you know, that's a loss of something we've always known and we were certain about. We're not certain about a lot of stuff. I know what I'm certain about. I am certain that people are intrinsically good. And you can call me a Pollyanna, but you know what? You show some interest in somebody and they will go, wow, that's really made my day. All we need to do is find The fantastic, the magnificence that's in all of us. So I thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) Have you have
2: (laughs) some? Ah, look, there's been amazing droplets of wisdom throughout this conversation, and you know we've talked what about evolving leadership. We've talked about curiosity. We've talked about having different conversations. What are some of the other things that we've talked about? Help me out. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, we've been, we've been talking about liking, like people, liking people. people. Not just humanity as stakeholders, yes. Yeah. yeah. Different distinctions,
2: my, all sorts of things.
0: Uh, well, look, in all that we've talked about family. We've talked about family, the, yes. the way we bring people together. I mean, if you think about it, it's no different wow. to how we can lead, bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there are times when you... Actually stand up and you move forward. You step forward into your leadership. There's those times you're in the middle, you're in it with everybody coming along. There's those times to sit back and go, Ah, this is what I'm seeing here. Didn't notice that before. Did I miss that? Right. Sharpen that tool up, girl. But our self-awareness and our awareness of others is only going to help us when we're making decisions, when we're inspiring those that we work with. I mean, that's part of a leader's job, isn't it? To make you think but also to say come on you can do it you can do it like we do to those toddlers when they're they're trying to walk you know how do we model ourselves we're curious about each other we tell our stories and there's not one of us that doesn't have a story that is worthwhile because we're precious
2: yeah we make absolutely precious
0: so oh my gosh
2: well, thank you for being precious. Thank you for bringing your realness to the table. And I love I get to see the human side of you. It's awesome. Like I honestly, it's one of the joys I get to have at the decision table is sometimes I've actually met leaders that have come on this table, by the way, and I've gone, you know what, That's so salesy or they're, they're like, all they talk about is this kind of businessy which, by the way, I talk a lot about business, but that's all they are. And I go, there's so much more to the human. I love that you brought your wholeness. You talked about family. You talked about grandchildren. I'm a mama of six kids. I've got three grandkids. I'm a Gigi. I love the fact that, you know, we are a whole being and we can bring that to the table. So thank you for today. Thank you for being here. And I'm going to end the broadcast. To the live, just stay on for a second more. But I'm in this. So, everyone that's been on here, thank you, Carrie, for being here. Thank you for listening. And those that listen to the replay, make sure you share this because there have been so many golden nuggets today. And the only way we're going to get it out and the voice to more people is by creating an awareness. And that means people sharing
0: this. So, thank you. And thank you, Carrie. Let's thrive love your decision table. Well done.
1: Thanks, everybody. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.